Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Do you work in an office cubicle farm where you have random, mindless conversations? Do you sometimes sit around a campfire with family and friends relaxing and talk about nothing in particular? Do you ever find yourself on a front porch or a stoop with your buddies just hanging out discussing the world? If so, then this show might just be for you. On Cubicle Chat, the topics are like the ones you would find in an office setting, a campfire, or a front porch. Anything and everything ranging from pop culture to travel to nerdy interests and even military stories. If any of these pique your interest, then check out the Cubicle Chat podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. And as you can see, I have a guest, and this is Mr. B.C. Hunter coming to, to us from, let's see, balmy, tropical Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. <laughs> he is the host of the Wrestling with the 80s podcast. You are you said you're you're pretty much all just on YouTube only right now, right? Right now, yeah. And by the way, hello, everybody. Thanks for having me on, Steve. Really appreciate you uh, asking me to step in for this episode and uh, wishing Dwell and nothing but luck with what's going on with him right now. But I appreciate the opportunity to have a chat with you. But yeah, you're right. It's YouTube only right now. It's uh, Wrestling with the 80s on YouTube. Uh, as the name would state, I'm focusing on the 80s, the greatest uh, time to be a wrestling fan, if you ask me. It <laughs> and, really uh, was. I mean, that's, yeah. that's when I became a wrestling fan. That's when you became a wrestling fan. I mean, we may be a little biased. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, I mean, you go back and look at everything that's everything that's happening now, you know, you can almost say it's like a direct derivative of what was happening back then. Yeah, for sure. It's so, so funny, too, because, um, you know, I think a lot of us became fans in the 80s because of WWF, whether, you know, good or bad, but it's because it was big. And that's what you saw, like uh, up here in Canada, that's what we're getting on TV as opposed to uh, the NWA. But now at this age, getting to go back and watch, you know, Mid-South and jcp and and the you old know, world class and all that stuff right and then you watch it from a different perspective and like just today i saw a clip of um on twitter or on instagram or something like that it was a tag match between the andersons and the rock and roll express and i had oh, to comment i'm like just well, i just start- had to co- oh i had to comment it was like just Arn anderson is just so good so, like, just the little things that he does, and I love appreciating those things. Was now. that was that Starcade '86, the cage match for the titles? It, it wasn't a cage match; it was just really? a random match, just a random oh, match, with them, which are it, always better, right? <laughs> oh man, if if you need to go watch, if you haven't already, uh, it was oh, Starcade '86, yeah, um, Rock and Rolls defending against the Andersons in a cage. Yep, and I actually. Uh, when I, I mean, I haven't listened to um, any of Conrad Thompson's podcasts um, except for Arn's, you know. And even now, when I haven't listened to it in a while, but Arn, they were doing like the Ask Arn anything, and they were taking questions from anybody back then. Now you actually have to be a member and pay or whatever, blah blah blah. But I actually asked him about that particular match, and you know, and Arn even said, you know, because I said it's an underrated cage match. People talk about, of course, Magnum and Tully, which yep. understandable because that's that match is awesome. 
Probably the best of the best, yeah. Oh, 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 definitely. And but asking about that one, I said because people overlook that one for some reason. And I said because I mean it was brutal, and you see just what, um, how brutal Ole Anderson could be because you're like he's going to kill somebody. He he is, and just a great match. So if you haven't had a chance to go watch that one, oh, definitely check it out. Oh yeah, I mean both me and Ted have said we think that 1986 might be the greatest year in wrestling. Period. Just I mean WWF is. They're not glitz and glamour total at that point. They're they're pretty much peaking at 86. And then the NWA is just on fire. I mean, you think mm-hmm. about the Great American Bash in 86, Flair at his peak, the formation of the Horsemen, um, Dusty's just on fire, Magnum's still wrestling, Nikita's a heel. I mean, it's just amazing. Like, I I, I love just grab because, like, you know, going on Peacock or whatever and grabbing, um, like, uh, WCW, like uh, and the um, what do you call it? The um, 605, um, the world championship. Oh, TBS, wrestling. yeah, TBS, yeah. Yep. I love just grabbing a random one from '86 and watching uh, Iron and Oli just work a jobber's arm and make yes. him submit just from an arm bar. And it, and it, you look at it, and you go, Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, that yeah. that that looks believable. Meanwhile, I'll watch something today and the guy's doing a 920 flip and i'm like man that doesn't really look like it, it it hurts them but meanwhile these guys just wrench on an arm for about five minutes and you're like please just quit please just stop the match you know it's and you know it's that's beautiful. why i that's why i like gunther so much yes yes exactly man yeah. because i mean he's got that old school mentality he doesn't have just one finishing move i mean he has you know a couple of pinning moves then he also has his submission moves so you how do you defend you know, I'll, I'll put quotes. How do you defend against that? Because yep. you, know, you don't know what's going to come. So it makes it a lot more uh, credible when you have somebody like that. And he looks kind of like a gym teacher, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I go back to the, I've said, I said it a million times when uh, doing uh, wrestling with the truth with the, uh, with Jay. And I'd say like, we ever talked about the evolution of wrestling. He, and like, he, I get it. Jay, Jay has the opinion of like, it, it it's an evolution. And then because my complaint would be like the overuse of the super kick or, people kicking out of the stunner or something like that. He's like, well, the super kicks become like a headlock now. Right. And I said, honestly, though, the right person could make a headlock, a finishing maneuver. And Gunther's the proof of that. I guarantee if Gunther started using a headlock for a finish maneuver, everybody would be like, oh my God, that's the most vicious headlock I've ever seen in my (laughs) life. Right. Because he's believable. That's all it takes. He's believable. Well, I mean, look at Magnum. His finishing move was a belly to belly suplex. Yeah. And now Bailey, she's got hers, the Bailey to belly or belly to Bailey. Bailey to belly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so hers, I mean, she does, and she looks pretty powerful when she does it. I mean, yep. nobody could do it as powerful as Magnum. I will say that yep. just because of the way he did it. You're like, Ooh, that looks he like it sn- hurt. He snapped it over and then drove them down. Boom. Which, yeah. But exactly. Bailey does a good job of it. She does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other wrestler I saw use it for a finishing move and he didn't do it all the time was actually the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez. He would do it yep. periodically. Mm-hmm. Um, and his didn't look like Magnum's. It wasn't as smooth, but it still looked good. I mean, it looked like, oh, yeah, that was believable. He just hurt that dude. You know, well, was... I mean, another example, like Brock Lesnar. Like, how many people would have thought the German suplex would be so vicious, but you have Lesnar doing it? Well, it's, I mean, it's, it, all about, it's all about the aura, right? I mean, he's throwing them like 40 foot down the, you know, down yeah. the way, too. So, yeah. I mean, that's. Um, but like, like, it's like, say if you had a guy like Mark Henry, if Mark Henry was using, using a chin lock, for a finisher, I guarantee you'd be going, I believe that. Yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, and calling him the world's strongest man, that was not just a gimmick. I mean, at one point right. he was in the record book, the world's strongest man. Right. And nice guy. Thank God. 
you know, I've actually <laughs> um, seen him a couple of times at like some fan fest. I mean, and you think he looks big on TV. You want to see him in person. I mean, that dude is just so massive. Right. And, but speaking of Brock Lesnar, that's going to kind of, you know, nice segue <laughs> into our news because Brock Lesnar is fitting into, you know, and what's wild, I was just telling you this before we started the show. Last Thursday, when I recorded with Justin from TNC Sports Talk and Rescue Randy, you know, who's a good friend of mine, he's the one who actually originally introduced me to the Northern Wrestling Federation, and and he's a huge wrestling fan. And, you know, we were talking about it, it was in the morning. And then as the day went by, all of a sudden we're hearing news, Vince McMahon is being hit with another lawsuit and then you're reading all the details, which I will not read because this is a family-friendly show and some of the stuff grossed me out, and I'm 50. I'm 50, yeah. and I've been in – I was in the military for 20 years where nothing will – after you're doing that for something, nothing really grosses you out anymore because you've seen some stuff. And even that, I was going, ooh. And my son, who has not read the details, I hope not, and he even asked me, he said, is this like a Harvey Weinstein situation? I'm like, you know what? I said, Harvey Weinstein would look at Vince McMahon and say, dude, you're a freak. Mm. And – I mean, so it's bad, and now Vince has finally resigned for good. He is, there is no McMahon, anybody with the last name McMahon anyway. Paul Levesque, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Downsley, he's still technically part of that family, you know, but I I don't want to see him go because I think him in charge of the creative has been a good thing, but unfortunately the fallout, he might actually um, have to step down as well. I don't know. What do you think? Well, and I'll preface this by saying, you know, one, I don't know how many different podcasts I've listened to this week since this story broke and everybody's covering it, right? You know, everybody's right. got an opinion. Everybody's made the final judgment on things too. I'll I'll say that as well. And so I'll preface it by saying like, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a judge. Um, I wasn't there. So I'm not going to sit here and say 100% everything is is cut and dried and closed and and you know all that stuff. So I'm I'm a firm believer in okay, let's 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 hear the whole story here. Let's go to court and find out what's going on. If everything that's been that brought up in this whole situation is true, it's horrible. It's oh, absolutely yeah. it's absolutely horrible. Even if 10% of it's true, it's horrible. It's a real blight on the McMahon name and the McMahon legacy, but um, we'll go into that. I'm sure here in a moment, but going back to triple H, um, I find it. If all this is true, I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't be in the know of what his father-in-law is doing. Um, So that's a difficult situation right there. I've got to separate myself from my love of the wrestling product and the actual legal ramifications of things you know, that that's the other problem there. Um, I I do, and I think we talked about this a little bit off the air, some of the ridiculousness that we do see on social media and stuff like that, like the people that were going bananas about his response at the uh, press conference. And I'm thinking to myself, what do you expect? He's not going to say anything about that matter because this is actually, as when people compare it to the Tony Khan situation, that wasn't a court case going right. on. That, this that's, is a, this is a totally legal different. matter. If he says one word about it, it's going to be brought into the record, right? So mm-hmm. he can't say anything. Now, what I will agree with, I think it was Dave Meltzer that said this. He probably should have had just an opening statement and just said, listen, you know, guys, I uh, I know what you want to ask me about. And in a perfect world, I'd be able to field some questions for you. But you, re- but you realize this is, he, he kind of went there when he said it, like 
you know what I'm going to say to you back to that first question, but, but he should have did a statement and say, you know, I, I, for legal sake, and this is not just protection of WWE, but this is protection of the person that's filed the claim against Vince McMahon. I can't say anything uh, about this matter. So this is something that you're going to have to take to TKO. You're going to have to take it to our legal department and let them field questions on that. So aside from that, let's just concentrate on the Royal Rumble and I'll answer whatever questions you want about that. I think that probably would have been a better way for him to do it because it just came off as evasive, but in the end, he wasn't going to say anything. I I mean, if you're going there as a reporter thinking you're going to get a gotcha on him, I mean, this is a publicly traded company with some of the best lawyers in the world that worked for them. They know how to handle these situations, but yeah, a written statement probably would have been great. Um, I've heard people say cancel the press conference, but I don't think you do that. I mean, that's, 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 I mean, it's their, one of their biggest shows of the year. You can't yeah. cancel the press conference about because of something that had nothing to do with the show. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think one of the bright spots about it, though, and I mentioned this on Twitter, is that um, Cody Rhodes coming out of that, he just showed once again why, you know, forget all this story about Seth and forget all the story about The Rock and all this stuff. He's going to finish his story and he's going to do, and sorry, he's not going to finish the story. He's going to, complete that segment of the story because the story's never finished in wrestling but he he's going to be the guy because they need to clean house and get a fresh coat of paint on and he proved in the way he handled the question that he's the guy that's the going to be the face of the wwe and he's going to be the guy that's able to make the right answer to every question all that kind of stuff right like a brett brett hart he'll be like a brett hart you know represent the company and and do it well and so he i think he gained a lot of points at that conference Triple H, I honestly, deep in my heart, I mean, deep in my heart, I hope none of it's true. And, and, you know, not just because I'm a wrestling fan, but you don't want to hear about somebody going through that. I mean, exactly. that's horrible. That's horrible stuff. So nobody wants to, uh, anybody in this world to go through such horrible or disgusting um, behavior. But in the end, I just really hope that He's not part of this. He's not in in the know because I do I agree that they have to clean house and get anybody who's associated with that out of there and right. um um start fresh. Like I know people are saying, Oh, that's the end of WWE and stuff like that. No, it's it's not. I mean, mm, there's been no lots of scandals in lots of different sports and the sports have moved on, they've gone bigger and they've gotten better and stuff like that. And this the same will happen with WWE, but um you know, just being a personal fan of Triple H over the years, I really, and, and knowing what that this, I'm glad to see this is finally happening for him because when they were talking about him taking over years ago, I'm thinking, oh my God, if that guy gets a hold of the book, he's such an old school guy. He's going to yeah, do fantastic with it, right? Um, so yeah, sorry, long-winded answer, but. No, you're fine. <clears throat> um, you know, all I got to say is they got a clean host on whoever's in the know involved. And I think they kind of did. I, I don't think it's the timing's suspicious with kevin dunn leaving when he did right right because kevin dunn well i want to be with vince but then that was before the lawsuit but i think kevin dunn may have actually known it was coming down the pike there and you know um and of course it's also brock lesnar you know as we mentioned before now brock lesnar was actually i don't think he was pulled off the rumble because apparently he was supposed to be in the rumble but now, I mean, but he may have pulled himself out of that match. Not only that, the Royal Rumble, but also Elimination Chamber next month in Perth in Australia. And, you know, so Brock Lesnar is not going to be involved in either one of the, well, obviously the Rumble's already passed, so he was not part of that. 
Uh, but apparently he's also pulled himself off the um, the elimination chamber. And for now, now, I mean, he, he could always end up going back in it. But right now, I, I because I can't see the fans necessarily cheering him with all the accusations that have been coming out. You know, so if I was him, you know, do the smart thing, lay low, explain to your, your wife about, you know, what's going on. Um, now, John Laurinaitis, or as Dwaylon started naming him, and I can't help but name him two clown shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now his wife, apparently, you know, the Bella Twins' mom, she actually put out her own statement saying, you know, she's, you know, we're, uh, she was caught totally surprised by all these accusations and, um, you know, and they're going to try to work through whatever it is, you know. Um, you know, so, I mean, so this is not just affecting, you know, when we think about, well, just Vince McMahon, well, Vince McMahon has, him and his wife have been separated apparently for years. That just now came out, but it's affecting his daughter. It's affecting his son. It's affecting his grandkids. He has a grandson who's playing football at the University of Indiana. I can't imagine what that kid's going through in the locker room because you know somebody, and it's not going to be a lot of people, but it might be one or two people that are just going to be, you know, messing with them. And I'm pretty sure he's already stressed out as it is, you know, um, and then they're just going to egg it on. And, you know, so everybody's going through that, including, you know, Laurinaitis's family, which Laurinaitis, I mean, I'm not a fan of his anyway, because think about how he met uh, his wife was he was recruiting the, the two Bella twins because he thought they were hot. And now he's married to their mom. I'm like, well, do you still think your stepdaughters are hot? You know, so I mean, I think Laurinaitis, he's he I think my personal opinion is he's kind of piggish to begin with, you know, but um, yeah, but we'll have to see. I mean, and Slim Jim actually pulled their sponsorship, but as soon as Vince resigned, they they uh, reinstated it, you know, for the Rumble. Yeah, did we ever get official confirmation that they did pull the sponsorship? Because I saw a lot of dirt sheets saying that they they rumor was that they pulled it, but for them to bring it back that quick is kind of surprising to me. You know what I mean? Like it, it's I don't know. Like I don't know if they pulled it or what, or they threatened to pull it, but uh, because. They were all in on the rumble. And I mean, for a company that's willing to pull something that quick to be that blatant about their advertising. Right. Yeah. I, I know they got rid of McMahon, but still, I mean, he's still associated with this, this product and there's still a stink he, over the product. Right? He, uh, this man will always be associated with WWE and then wrestling as a whole, just because Vince McMahon is the one who built wrestling to be as big as what it is now. Yeah. I mean, we, you and I know the history of it. And if it wasn't for Mr. Man, you know, we wouldn't, ha- it would not be a worldwide product, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, America and Canada, I mean, you know, um, if you read the magazines, like we've discussed that before, and you even discussed it on, on your latest video, where you, uh, I will bring that up where you interviewed the, the two gentlemen who just wrote the book about Andre the Giant. And I'm mm-hmm. about two thirds of the way through that video. And it's very, I was having fun to wife had, I was watching it now. So now I realized what time it was I'm like, Oh crap, I need to send BC the <laughs> so we can get on here. And no, but um, but they were actually uh, talking about, and you had mentioned that you weren't able. To, I think you mentioned before here, but you weren't able to watch like the NWA and things like that in Mid South, and which later become UWF. You were really mm-hmm. focused on the Canadian wrestling, and just mm-hmm. like me, I was watching what well, Jim Crockett in Mid Atlantic. Yeah, you know, like this title right here. I just have to yeah show that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but once I got the magazines, all of a sudden it's like there's wrestling in Canada. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. You know, yeah. so, uh, but now, you know, you still have obviously local promotions, indie promotions and, you know, but it, they don't have like the territories like they do, like they used to, 
And, you know, and that's all because of this man for better or for worse. I mean, you know, whether you like it or not, but I mean, he's the one who made it as big as what it is now. And it's just, you know, it's a crying shame that it may crumble, you know, to nothing. I mean, because it takes, I mean, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, but it can be destroyed within a matter of hours. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, <clears throat> um, you know, a lot of people talk about you know, the, the McMahon name and it's going to be erased from history because of the stain and stuff that you're right. You cannot erase. It's like no different than like I talk about uh, Chris Benoit is another example, right? They can try to erase Chris Benoit's name and stuff like that. You're, you're not going to be able to erase it. My God, I, I just uh, last week watched WrestleMania 20 and, you know, and, and the rumble prior to that. And I'm sorry, I, I'm not going to feel bad because I was a Chris Benoit fan before he went and did what he did, right? Bingo. I'm not, I'm not a fan of him for doing what he did, but I I can't change the memories that I had when when he was wrestling and he wasn't this psychopath, you know what I mean? And the same thing right. with McMahon. And I, I think 99.9% .9 of the, the wrestling fans out there, when they talk about Vince McMahon, it's not like... We 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 put him up on a pedestal in the first place as this glowing bastion of of humanity. We've all said like the guy's a weirdo. He's oh. you know he's <laughs> yeah. he's um you know he's done some really crappy things to a lot of people, but he did for good or for bad. He did change wrestling the wrestling business um, altogether. For bad, I'd say he killed a lot of promoters territories but for yep. good he he turned this into a worldwide phenomenon that nobody else would have done it, it would and when you see netflix spending five billion dollars on wrestling that's because of what vince mcmahon did with his with his vision you know how he got there not necessarily the best but it's kind of like the mafia right right <laughs> it's, it's the same idea but um I don't think he necessarily had the most clean legacy prior to this. Now it's just been absolutely destroyed. And unfortunately I think his whole family's legacy is destroyed by this. I don't think anybody's going to get away with, I don't think anybody's going to be able to say, well, you know, that, that Vince, what a, what a scoundrel he was, but that's Stephanie's okay. I think it's, it's, it's going to be a McMahon thing. Right. And it's unfortunate. And you're right. I feel bad for the grandkids and the kids and, all this stuff who now have to go through it's no different than David Benoit. You know what what's he exactly. what's he done except survived, right? And and meanwhile he can't he can't go through life without that legacy uh, uh associated with his name. I mean he could, you know, be Mother Teresa and it's still gonna people are gonna associate that. So it's unfortunate how this goes, but uh the wrestling industry is still gonna keep going forward. Um, you know, it's just this is a you know, it's just, I, I'm trying to compare, I'm trying to think of another comparison in sports where it'd be something similar where somebody takes uh, such a OJ. Yeah, I guess OJ. Yeah. You know, that's that, that's, good... that, honestly, I was thinking that a while ago. I was like, well, who was uh, OJ Simpson? Because, you know, people I... forget OJ Simpson was a phenomenal running back. I mean, he was like, <laughs> he was crazy on the field. I mean, he, at one point, he held a single season rushing record before yeah. Eric, Eric Dickerson broke it. By the way, Eric yeah. Dickerson's record is still there, even though now they're playing three more games. His record yeah. is still standing, but OJ, I mean, he will never be remembered as his great running back. He's always going to be remembered for the other stuff. Yeah, I know. And so, and I, here's the irony. I'm a bills fan. too. So, you know, <laughs> I'm bat, I'm batting two for two for organizations that I'm supporting here, but yeah, but no, 
But I mean, uh, the NFL still going. The Buffalo Bills are still going. We still love sports. We all mm-hmm. this stuff, right? We just have this guy that's tainted, and, and it's no different. So tech technically, <laughs> I'll put the quotation marks out there. OJ got, but got um, you know called innocent originally, right? You know, right. because of the original trial, right? Technically, <laughs> I'll put this right. The the civil trial was a little bit different. Um, right. Vince McMahon could end up at the end of this. They, you know, they may find a way to to um, in court, um, quote unquote, prove that he didn't do some of the things he did and get, and get away with this. But this taint's still going to be. I'm no different than an OJ oh, Simpson. So that's a great that's a great example actually to compare it with, right? It's. I was thinking first thought came into my mind was Pete Rose, but it's not even you know close what? And to that. I was yeah. I was even thinking Pete Rose just now. I mean, I didn't grow up in Cincinnati. You know, so um, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I'm not one of the many, many, many people around here. You know, uh, by the way, it's also a divisive subject too. Um, and I'm not going to state my opinion about Pete Rose, but uh, you go to the Great American Ballpark, which I've been to a lot of Reds games. I mean, I, and I will support the Reds to win. You mm-hmm. know, just because I I live here, and it's better if they win because it's actually better for the local economy if if they're doing good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you go to the Great American Ballpark. I mean, they actually have a statue that looks like Pete Rose is sliding head first. You know, so the people around here, they still love him. Now, he has a lot of accusations, not just the gambling, but he's got other things, too. And I actually worked with a lady um, where the job, the job that I left back last May. But and she actually knew Pete Rose. Her. Right. um, Yeah. Like her brother apparently was living with or engaged to or married to Pete Rose's ex-wife. And her grandson and Pete Rose's son were friends and they played baseball together. So she had actually met him, you know, quite a few times. And, you know, but, I mean, of course, she has her own opinions. I mean, um, but yeah, he's also another very, he's not as divisive. I mean, he, there is some division here. Not, you know, I mean, it's not 50 50, obviously. It's more like a, probably like a 75 25, just from what I've, you know, 75 people say, no, they shouldn't they need to put him in the Hall of Fame. And then, you know, they're just like, well, he also did other stuff, other stuff, but people, now that one actually, Pete Rose, they always say, well, he's still the number one uh, hit leader in Major League Baseball, you know, and yeah. and there, I mean, and he did a lot more more stuff in baseball besides that. I mean, Pete Rose was a phenomenal player, but they don't because of the the way he was ousted from baseball, and then it just kept going and kept going and kept going. But he is in the WWE Hall of Fame though, so he's got that going on. Yeah, and that's the thing. Even you know, Pete Rose he still gets a little bit of sympathy from the public. OJ yes. will never, never, never. You, you can say OJ's innocent 40 times in a court of law and people are going to still associate him with that. Same with Vince McMahon. He could be exonerated mm-hmm. from this and this taint's still going to be on him. It's going to be on the McMahon family. It's going to, you know, it'll go even back to his father, you know, like, because yep. it'll be like, Oh, well they must've did something in his raising that caused him to be this way. So it's, it's just unfortunate. Like just all of it is unfortunate that, that's gone on. Like, um, uh, like just everybody involved, everybody involved. And, um, I, I really do hope that in the end, it turns out that this isn't what actually happened, you know, because I don't want to think of somebody having to go through stuff like that either. Right. right? So, and I mean, then there's lots of questions that you could be asked on the other side, which that's what a court of law is for too. Right. Cause like, the the thing, and I think I listened to Jim Cornette's, um, um, I know he got a lot of heat for his initial reaction to this, but it was literally a live reaction. They read the yeah, Wall was. Street <laughs> Journal and, and so they're like, nah, this is crazy and kind of laughed about it. But 
But now they did uh, on the on YouTube today. It was a clip from the latest episode, and they're, and they're really diving deep into this now. And I mean, they're not making fun of it, but they asked a lot of the same things that I asked. You know, at the same time, saying, "Well, you know, it's it's you you like you gotta you gotta believe the person that's that's um that's making the accusation." But it's just so hard to fathom that this person who's like a psychopath about cleanliness is doing this other thing that they're talking about or somebody you who's, know what i didn't even think about that yeah like it's just so. all these different things that just they don't met like when i'm reading the text that was supposedly there i'm like when did vince mcmahon start texting like a 14 year old boy like with some of the the, the abbreviations he's using and things like this. it's just it, you can't i'm talking like i remember t- saying to my wife like this is a guy that they've told stories about like um you know, this this computer, I got a corner of a laptop showing up in this picture. If that showed up during a live promo, he would lose his mind mm-hmm. because somebody didn't notice that. That's how much of a control freak. But then it goes back to like, well, maybe this is part of the control freak thing and stuff like that. So I don't know. But I'm, I I thought Cornette and Last did a good job of just saying, like, I mean, they're obviously damning him for what happened. But they're also like, I just cannot fathom that this person who you hear so much. And I mean, Cornette has intimate relationships with him as far as he yeah. worked for the guy and, and was in the writer's room with him and stuff like this. So, I mean, he knows from personal experience, he's like, I mean, I've this, this guy like hates sneezing and, and he, and he's, you know, a clean freak and a germ phobe and these things. And then you're reading this stuff. And you're like, this does not match up to this person. And they brought up a point too. And it's not an excuse, but something I was wondering about too, like, um, because even before all this happened, I mean, we've seen over the last few years, Vince McMahon is not the Vince McMahon that you're used to seeing on TV. Mm-hmm. He, he's in, and I even thought like, did he have cancer or something? Did he, has he starting to have issues with, with dementia or something? And, um, they brought up the point, like, you know, how does he just go off the rails like this? And it just happened in the last few years that this relationship struck up and it's like, is this like CTE from all the stupid chair shots he did? Because again, in the nineties, when you watch when he started getting in the ring, trying to be a tough guy, he's taking those unprotected headshots with chairs yeah. and stuff like that. And they're like, they're like, I, I don't know. Like, it, they're not saying he's innocent of the stuff, but they're like, where does this? Like, how do you match up this person that was just this, um, just absolute freak when it comes to one things to the freak you're hearing about now, right? So it's just. It's just, I don't know, there's so many, but there's, that's why I don't even want to make a judgment on all this because there's so much more to come out. And it's scary to think that there's, this is, what they say, $1 million he paid out? There's yes, still two- um, it was a initial $1 million. He was supposed to pay out more. Yeah. And then he just stopped paying, which yeah. I did. I also listened to the uh, Cornette's initial reaction. Like you said, I mm-hmm. mean, it was live. He had, yeah, it was live, brand live. new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, he said that apparently McMahon is notorious for he's supposed to make payments to somebody and he'll make it for a little bit, then just stop for yes. no reason. And he did to uh, Stu Hart. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was one of the people he did that to when he bought Stampede. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, it oh. was, um, but there's still $12 million worth of payments out there and who the heck and what the heck happened there, too. Right. And then they brought up a great point, too. It go, going back to that whole. Rita Chatterton case, the referee from the eighties that right. accused him of, of, um, Assault. Well, it's, yeah, it's a family friendly yeah. show. So yeah, her accusations very closely mimic what's going on here. So uh, 
I don't know. I, I mean, it's no different than the serial killer that, that the neighbor goes, I can't believe it. You know, I, I can't believe it. I lived next to him for 30 years. He was never like this, right? Same thing, right? Right. You know, except for, you know, one a, a Canadian serial killer named Robert Picton. I think everybody kind of, nobody was surprised at him. Yeah. <laughs> the, pig, the pig farmer. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah, he was killing them, feeding them the pigs. But yeah. yeah. But but it, it, but the bigger question and the bigger story that could end up being out of this, yeah, okay, so you got this one psychopath, but how many people hid what was going on too? That's the other exactly. And and I think I think a lot of that's going to come out. Uh, I'm not going to make any accusations, but I mean, we all know uh, those who who really follow this, sort of podcasters especially. I mean, we dive a little bit deeper than the average fan as far as like the executives. You know, some of which have already been named, some of which they're already speculating. Are they involved? And, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't want to throw all these names out there yet because I don't want to be part of that rumor mill. Because once you say a name, that could be part of it. Somebody's going to run with it and say, oh, on that podcast, they said he he or she is part of it. Yes. And no, we're not doing that. So, no. Uh, but, um, but either way, some of that did kind of affect the Rumble a little bit because, like I said, Brock Lesnar was supposed to be in the men's Rumble. He wasn't there. You know, I don't know about any of the other ones, how it could have affected, but... The Rumble, what was your overall impression of the Rumble as a whole? Um, Overall, just um, taking everything out of it, I enjoyed the Rumble. Uh, honestly, I enjoyed the women's match a little bit more than the men's match. Yep. I, here. Find, I find it very difficult to watch modern wrestling now because it's hard not to be on social media and all you ever hear about is just the negatives, the negatives, the negatives. So, for instance, the crowd, even when I'm watching, like, God, the crowd sounds quiet. This is weird, but I'm looking at the crowd. They look like they're cheering for stuff. And just so happens, uh, I don't know, do you know Will and Taylor from Jaded Wrestling? Um, I have listened to it before. Uh, I need to actually put it on, like, my normal rotation as far as podcasts go. Because, I mean, I do, I listen to quite a few podcasts. They're not all wrestling, though. Yeah. Uh, but see, I need to actually add that one um, on there as well. Yeah, no worries. Well, they're they're friends of ours, and and they right. uh they were there at the so I really? I mess uh, yeah I messaged oh, that's them. Awesome. I, was, I was like, did the, was the crowd really that dead? Like it, like it really came off dead on TV. Were were they that quiet? And he's and he's like, no, it was an awesome uh, awesome event. They're like they like you know not it was a good atmosphere in in the in the uh, crowd, right? So I'm like, okay, so they obviously did a poor job of of miking the crowd for that because it just sounded uh, dead at at points there, right? So. Take that away. But, of course, everybody's just jumping all over. Oh, the crowd was terrible and stuff like that. And then everybody's complaining about the lack of surprises and so-and-so didn't show up. But WWF never – or WWF, <laughs> WWE never hinted around to these people showing up. So, like, why are you why are you getting mad because so-and-so didn't show up? Like, Sasha Banks didn't show up. Okada didn't show up. All these different people. It's like – but they never said they were going to show up and they never even hinted around. Right. So. Why, like you got you got Andrade? That wasn't a big surprise because you heard rumors. We of it, knew but, he had just left AEW, so but still, like it's still somebody different that's in there. Uh, Braun Breaker, I thought was fantastic in there. Yeah, I love that. It's it, supposedly, and again, rumor and conjecture uh, that he took the 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 uh, Brock Lesnar spot. Well, he did fantastic. I thought that was a great. That's when I really started to question about the Mikey and the crowd because there was no way that the way he came into that rumble that the crowd didn't react to that. Right. You know, and he cleaned host for a little while and that was pretty cool moment. But uh, yeah, there wasn't a ton of surprises. I actually thought punk was going to win. I think I told you that in my predictions there. Um, And 
rumor has it again that maybe they call it, they had to um pull the shoot on Cody because of Punk getting hurt in the Rumble that he was supposedly right. going to win. So that's interesting. Um, but overall, I thought the Rumble was fine. Uh, Cody winning was a bit of a surprise, but it moves along the story. And I actually kind of in the afterwards, I thought, you know what? I kind of like that because um, if he didn't win the Rumble, he was going to win the Chamber to get that match. Right? And they're just adding more yep. onto his story. But I kind of like, you know what? We can take a little breather for now and, and really build up to this match. Right. Um, and then the uh, women's rumble, I like the surprises in that one, like Jordan Grace, that was a fantastic surprise, and she did amazing in in the match itself, and then uh Jay Cargill and and just different people and and another thing I liked about it this year, they didn't rely on these veteran surprises, you know, um, so Thank, it was yes, I didn't think about that yeah. thankfully, because that's one I mean it's not that I had a complaint about it, but Anytime they actually had, okay, let's bring Lita back. Let's bring Trish back. Let's bring. Problem is, you have other women on the roster. Is that because I know when they first started the Women's Royal Rumble, they didn't have as many women on the roster. And so they may have needed that just basically for padding, for filler, just to mm-hmm. make sure they had enough. Now, you know, they don't need that. Now they actually yeah. have a, a, a nice women's roster and, and they have the women on NXT. And sometimes this is a good time for them to come in. And, you know, um, and because. Naomi, when she came back, I was like, that was not something that was something I had not even seen. And kind of, I had actually seen the rumors about Jordan, um, Jordan Grace, her, her coming in. Uh, but I was like, okay, we'll see. It'd be kind of cool if she does. And she did. And she did, like you said, she did great. And, um, when the one that question I have about Naomi, she had Nadine kind of sprayed in her hair. And I was like, well, okay, what does Nadine mean? And I was trying to Google and trying to figure out what that meant, but I never could find it. You know, I meant to actually meant to text Waylon and ask him if he knows what what that means too. But I was glad to see her back. Um, glad to see Natalia. You know, Natalia always does good. I know she's been jobber to the stars lately, but she always does good. And you know, and the women's rumble. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was. It, I thought it was the match of the night. And I think all the p- people predicting, uh, the majority of people actually had Bailey picked to win. And I think part of it's because. Uh, and I told somebody, I was like, I think it's a, a sign that we know too much about what goes on in wrestling because Bailey winning made sense to push a damage control breaking up or her breaking away from damage, damage control. Um, and Becky Lynch and Rhea, uh, they don't need the rumble. They're going to have their match in, anyway. Mm-hmm. So they didn't need to rumble to set it up. You know, but Bailey, it makes sense. It goes to the storyline. It's like, ah, this, so that's when it goes back to the old Sting got the world title shot against Flair when Sting was part of the Horseman for five minutes. Or and Batista, Batista with Evolution, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Didn't even think about that one. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And so I like Bailey winning, and um, and Sasha. I mean, they have Sasha rumored to come back like every other week. Mm-hmm. And until she actually comes out and says it or until she shows up, I'm not going to hold my breath. You know, I don't yeah. honestly, I don't think if she, when, if, when she does come back, it's not going to be for a while. Yeah. You know, um, Naomi coming back. Well, her husband is still in WWE. Yep. So to me, Andrade, his wife is still in WWE. That makes sense. Now I'm just waiting for, Malachi Alistair Black to come mm-hmm. back as well because his wife is still in WWE. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, we could sit here and predict anybody 
coming back to to WWE or going to AEW, and eventually we're going to be right, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> but like it, it, all these dirt sheets are well, uh, Sasha's going to debut this, and he's, she's going to debut this week or this week, and it's like. Well, just you just keep printing that, but you're not really giving. You're just going with conjecture, and I mean, we could say the exact same thing. So, um, I, I will say this about the Bailey win. Yeah, I predicted that too, but I, I don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing. I mean, that's a shows that WWE is actually doing a good job of progressing a storyline where the yes the, the crowd sees where it's going, as opposed to being disappointed when it happens. Like when Roman Reigns was winning all these rumbles and going to mania and stuff like that, people were like, Oh God, not again. I knew that was going to happen. People aren't saying I knew it was going to happen. Bailey, they actually are happy because they're getting the payoff to a storyline in that situation. Right. And uh, the fact that we had that same story with Batista is not lost on me when the guy booking this stuff is Triple H, right? (laughs) Yep. You know, so he knows what he's doing, and uh, and this is the story we want to see. Everybody wants Bailey to turn babyface again. I mean, it's Bailey, right? And right. um, and it's a great story. This whole damage control thing is a great story. And uh, I honestly like. I'm not playing the prediction game here. I just have this feeling that uh, it is going to happen. She's going to be fighting EO at WrestleMania, and I think eventually she's going to need a friend to help her out in that feud. And I feel like that's going to be Sasha Banks. And um, that yes, yeah, you know what? That would make sense. Yeah, and I mean, I know like the rumors she's going to AEW. Whatever, if she goes there, I'm not gonna be mad or anything like that. I, I honestly, I just, I'm almost tired of people going to AEW. I mean, I, I love the fact I saw Dolph Ziggler on TNA. That's fantastic. I love the fact Jordan Grace showed up in a uh, WWE ring. I'd like to see a few more people go to TNA. Let's make it really competitive amongst a bunch of people. Let's have somebody go to the NWA. Let's have somebody go to MLW. Whatever, like. Make it spicy. Like, do you want to go to AEW and be the 48th surprise debut there? Or do you want to go to TNA and be the, wow, I cannot believe this. And now they just legitimize TNA with that showing up there, right? So those are the things that I look at. But I just feel like there's a storyline going on, you know, from years of watching this, I feel like I have a pretty good feel for these things. And I feel like there's storyline going on that Bailey's going to need help and it's going to be another old friend of hers and i feel like it's going to be sasha so yeah and and that yeah you know and bailey i think like you said a lot of people are happy to see bailey when even if, if they didn't have this whole thing with damage control going on um i i still would have been happy to see bailey win because ever since she turned heel she hasn't been as good as or as successful i should say as what she was when she was a, a baby face doing now the hugger the hugger gimmick is kind of you know a little Sack I don't want to see her go back to that. Don't right, go it's, back it's, to that, it's yeah. too bubble gum. All right, mm-hmm. you know she destroyed the Bailey buddies with the pickaxe. You know, okay. Um, but at the same time, she's good. She's very she good, is, and yeah. so she mm-hmm. deserved this win. I mean, and I'm not saying that that a good chunk of the women in the room, other women in the room, didn't necessarily deserve it. But she, you know, that's why I predicted it, and I think that's probably why you predicted it, Bailey. You know, it makes it makes sense, and and it adds drama to the to this to the TV. Like we're going to have that story of her being turned on by damage control, and uh, yeah, we've seen it it. coming. It's got that slow burn going to it. We've seen it coming for a while, and we're just waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting because we know if it doesn't happen, then we might be disappointed. But yes, you know, but we know it's coming, and we still enjoy it. Yes. 
It's no different than Sami Zayn turning on the bloodline. Yes. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming for a year, but you were still so invested in that story and enjoying that whole story that when it finally happened, it was actually a payoff for you. Like, yes. Like, and, um, you know, and this, and plus it helped people finally understand Roman's character and stuff like that too. So yeah, this is, we're seeing some good writing and storylines going on now, which is nice, which is again, going back to our whole point about triple H. I really do hope that, uh, that they get these things sorted out and that, that he still continues to be able to do that because we're seeing some good progressive storylines and I'm really enjoying that stuff. Uh, also we had finally Jade Cargill. Finally, she's only been in WWE for what, three months now. And she yeah. finally had a, had a match in the rumble. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, you know, I, I thought she did pretty good. I didn't realize uh, I knew Jade Cargill. I mean, I knew she was pretty fit. I didn't realize how powerful she was until she oh, was yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> when she, you know, she looked like Cesaro when he threw Big Show out of the ring in that one WrestleMania. But it was, I think it was actually WrestleMania 14 when the Andre the Giant Memorial about it. He picked Big Show up like he was nothing and just tossed him out. Well, Jade kind of did the same thing with Nia Jax. Just, whoop, there you go. You know, thanks yeah. for playing. Yeah. And, you know, and I know I've, I've kind of read, I think uh, some people don't really care for Jade Cargill. You know, but she's legit. I mean, you look at her, she definitely takes care of herself and she puts forth the effort. She doesn't have to, you know, she actually said that on an interview with Chris Jericho. She doesn't have to do that, you know, because she and her husband, her husband has lots of money from when he was playing baseball. And I guess they, he actually did good with his money. He didn't go blow it on everything. And, you know, and she also, she has a degree. She could actually do other ventures if she wants. Apparently she has like a degree in psychology, you know, and that's not uh, that's a field that you can go into and actually make really good money, but she chose wrestling. I mean, she, she works at it. I mean, and I know she may be actually a little arrogant, you know, but she works towards it. You know, she doesn't say, Hey, I'm great. I'm better. You know, I'm great. And then just doesn't try to make herself great. She tries to make herself better all the time. She's always trying to improve herself. And so that I mean, my hat's off to her there. Um, You know, now some of the other ones in the rumble, I will say this. The, I thought the women's rumble was good. There was a few sloppy spots. Maxine, oh, yes. um, yeah. Or, yeah, Maxine Dupree. She was the one. I was like, oh, I don't know what they were going for there, but yeah, don't try it again. Oh no, that see, yeah. you know, just mm-hmm. y'all need to figure out, you know, how to call audibles and how to improvise. But but other than that, I mean, um, our truth, our truth. We've always said he's a national treasure. Actually, yeah. if it's America and Canada, he's an international treasure. Yeah. You know, our truth, he's just awesome no matter what he does. I mean, because he's, he's, I'm 50. He's older now. He's like 51 yeah. and looks fantastic. Yeah. I mean, and he's still carrying on. I mean, he knows he's not going to be in the world title picture again. He's a former world champion. He held that belt back there. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I ever meet him, I'm going to bring that belt and have him sign it along with the other four autographs that are already on it. And, you know, when he came running down, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> he's going to get in the women's rumble. And he was staring at, um, I, I have a hard time calling her Valhalla. Yeah. You know, but Sarah Logan, you know, who they are burying right now. I wish that they would not bury her because she is, she's good in the ring. And I don't like what they're doing with that. But he came in, got thrown out. He's the second time he's been thrown out of a battle royal or Royal Rumble by Nia Jax. He got tossed out and he's, like, oh, this is the women's rumble. <laughs> there he goes. He's out. You know, and then 
Sarah Logan Hollis, she comes in and immediately three seconds later, five seconds later, she's out. And to me, they're burying her for no reason whatsoever. And I'm like, I wish they would kind of, you know, kind of push her a little bit more, but she's part of a faction that right now is um, missing a person because it's actually her husband, you know, he's mm-hmm. injured right now, you know? So, I mean, cause I actually like, I like the Viking Raiders characters, mm-hmm. you know, um, Ivar, I mean, he had a great match against Chad Noble a couple weeks ago. I mean, it, uh, it was... Chad Gable, Chad Gable. Yeah. Sorry. Chad Noble is a friend of mine here locally. He's also <laughs> a big wrestling fan and he was uh, fairly recently uh, on a true crime TV show for, for ah. a different reason. I have to tell you about <laughs> at some time, mm-hmm. but um, we had Chad Gable and great man. I don't, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. Did. Oh yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that yeah, was, that's a great match. Oh yeah. Actually, and, his match against Bronson Reed too was was great. Oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> big man slapping man meat or whatever. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. Is it Simon Whistler? Is that what he says? <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, so I like the women's rumble. I was like, man, how do you top you know that? So I was hoping all the other matches you know were going to be as good, but I mean they raised the bar pretty high. So I mean I don't I don't think there was any way the other ones could catch it. Um, the four way match. For the... just, just before you oh, go into the four-way, yeah, can I just touch on something with yeah. that you were saying about the Rumble? Um, so, yeah, Jade Cargo. Um, yeah, it's been a while. We've been waiting for her to de- debut. I was okay with it. I'm like, you know what? I know why she's not debuting because she was. De- she they showed like she's working with Natty, learning how to truly wrestle. That's the only knock you could have against her in AEW. And it's funny, a lot of people don't care for her now. They, that used to care for her a lot when she was in AEW, when she decided to move somewhere, so they don't care for her anymore. But I thought since the day she showed up in AEW uh, TV, that is a freaking star right yeah. there. And she just, and I think I said it on on our podcast to, to Jay that um, she belongs in the WWE, and it wasn't a knock against AEW. Um, AEW they wouldn't know what to do with her. And again, not a knock on AEW. She's perfect for the WWE system. She looks like a zillion dollars. Mm-hmm. She's a, a beast as far as strength. I mean, she's, um, I mean, just look at that moment where her and Bianca are staring at each other, holding the two women above their heads. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's like Hogan, Andre. That's, that's, um, mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, warrior Hogan, you know, that's, WWE knows how to make those moments. She doesn't have to be a great wrestler. They'll make a moment with her, and that's exactly what they'll do. And they'll, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll promote her the right way too. Um, so I'm glad that she went to WWE. Just like um, WWE doesn't know what to do with Cesaro, I'm glad he went to AEW. That kind of right. thing, right? Certain people belong in certain organizations, right? So it's not a knock to say that she's perfectly made for the WWE. And um, you know, I, I it was worth the wait. She had a great showing at the rumble and and there's eventually there's going to be a money match in a couple of years of her and Bianca Belair um at WrestleMania that's going to just blow the roof off the place and it's going to be another you know like I say Hogan Warrior situation at some point with those two um Valhalla don't worry about her i mean it, it's i i i tend to hate the word burying now because nobody's truly buried unless there's something like Unless you're the red rooster, that's a that's a yeah. burial, right? But <laughs> that, but I yeah, mean, true. Valhalla, would you rather you're going to remember that 
two minutes of interaction she had with our truth as opposed to 15 minutes of her just standing <laughs> in the corner of the rumble, like doing forearms with somebody, right? Because she's not going to stand True. out that way. At least she had that moment. And that might lead to, I figure that'll lead to maybe Ivar taking on our truth. And, and, you know, it's going to, you know, you can, you have layers with that. So in, unless it's like, like I say, it's the red rooster or Braun Strowman getting green paint dumped on, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's, Event it, it it's that's the beauty of the machine. All it yes. takes is a couple of big wins and nobody's buried anymore, right? But uh but yeah, other than that, yeah, I agree with you on those thoughts on on the women's rumble. It, it's uh um I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that was interesting. I'm just looking at the list of people. Oh, Tiffany Stratton, another person. Oh, yeah, great, I forgot about her. Great yeah. showing at the rumble, you know. Um uh I find it tough what <laughs> I find it tough watching the women's rumbles and the women's matches sometimes because I feel very um uh bad because like it's it's they you know anyways that's another story but it's just like <laughs> i'm a married man and i feel like I'm, I'm insulting my wife by watching these matches sometimes but yeah. but aside from that tiffany stratton she looked fantastic well, in that rumble and and that that shot at the end they had of the four ladies that were sitting there looking at uh bailey that was a good that was good storytelling too um Watching the women wrestling, yeah, I don't feel bad. Now, if they were still doing this, the goofy bra and panties matches, mm. then I'd be like, yeah, that, I actually didn't watch. I actually stopped watching there for a little bit because of that. Because I, 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 I mean, and I was single at the time, and I still, I was like, I didn't, you know, turn us on to watch those. But um, and that has a whole new meaning now after what's come out. Like it's got a mm-hmm. whole new meaning for. Oh yeah, holy, <laughs> goes, holy goes back god. To what, Goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. Oh, I just I just hit my microphone. Yeah. I hope I didn't make a lot of noise just then. You're good. Um, You're good. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when then they moved on to the four-way match, and I will say this, and I've said this on the podcast podcast before. I'm not a fan of the multiple people, the three ways, four ways, five ways, unless they are elimination matches. Because yes. to me, yeah, it's a way of, well, we're gonna have them drop the title but still protect them. I'm like, no, I mean, you dropped the title. Yeah. You keep having the built-in storyline. Well, I was never beat. Technically you were because you didn't win your own title back, you know, but if, but if they were doing elimination style, yes, I'd be all for that. Now that one to me, you know, makes sense because that way you can have the disqualifications. You can have the, the count outs, you can have, you know, all that stuff instead of, well, there's no disqualification in this state because, you know, of course, when Solo Sokoa, you know, he interfered and he did it just openly right there in front of the ref. And, you know, and the match itself, a lot of action, but I I really didn't see anything too special about it. You know, I mean, now granted, we expected the four guys who were in it to have a lot of action. So that part wasn't disappointing, you know, so, so it actually really met the expectations, but there was nothing that exceeded that. Yep. Um, I will say my feeling on that four-way match, I thought it was a great match right up until Solo showed up. Um, yep. and, and you know what? I can go with that. I, again again um i'm gonna give some props to roman no matter like going into the match you're like well roman's not gonna lose this match because they got to get to wrestlemania and do the cody storyline and all this stuff right or the rock or the rock if they're doing that but then you're watching the match you're like holy crap is he gonna lose the is he gonna lose the title in this match he's he's doing like a a great job of making you believe that and then solo shows up and this is the one time i literally am watching the show and i'm like all right I've had enough of solo showing up or Jimmy showing up or somebody showing up to, to, uh, to get the win. Like, I mean, it's getting a little bit tiresome at this point. I mean, I know what they're going for and all that. And they're trying to give him up, but they could have, he ended up getting the pin on, um, 
on AJ anyway. So what's it matter? They didn't need the solo interference. They could have done so many different directions and it would have been a phenomenal match. Sorry, the pun with, with AJ, but, um, right. But yeah, like (laughs) I thought it was a really good match until that whole, that whole solo thing is like, you're just sitting there going, not again, come on. Like, again, I mean, on one side, you're making Roman out to be this killer who's the the best there is. On the other side, every single match you have that same interference. It's not even like something different. It's the same interference they every pull time. The referee out. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's it's just annoying at this point. So I I think it wouldn't be half as bad if something different happened. You know, like or somebody else came out or somebody tripped on a banana peel or whatever. Right. But but <laughs> right. it's just. But anyway, so in the end, that really brought the the match down. But then they got it back because after Solo ran into the guardrail and all that stuff, they went back to what they were doing. And when Orton hit that RKO on on him, it's like, oh my god, th- this is going to happen, right? And um, in the end, uh, you know, you get the wrong win. But yeah, it it could have been better without that interference. And one of the things that I guess kind of a um, aftermath of this. They once again showed AJ talking to uh, the guys in, uh, I can't want to call them the Bullet Club, but now they're calling about the OC, the original yeah. club or whatever. And they've been kind of pushing that too here recently. Like they're going to split, like he's going to split away from them. Mm-hmm. And so they showed that and it's like, okay, what's going on with AJ? Because I mean, I think AJ, I mean, well, like you said, the pun, I mean, he is a phenomenal wrestler. Yeah. You know? So, um, I was yeah. so glad that he went back to the tights too. It's like those jeans weren't working yeah. on him. Like, especially they had like a flare bottom to them. I'm like, what the heck's going on with that? <laughs> right? but, oh, but yeah, he kind of had the look of, remember when he came back and, um, to, T- to TNA when he was up against aces and eights, he kind of went with that lone wolf type of look. And that's right. what it reminded me of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think he'll be, I mean, he's going to be great anyway. And I know he's also in his forties, you know, so, but he, he could still win a world title and it would be believable. You know, yes. Ra- Randy Orton's also like in his early forties. Yeah. He could still win a world title. Be believable. LA Knight. I mean, he's just the hottest thing since sunburn right now. Everybody loves LA Knight. You know, so I think, I think that's Logan Paul's opponent at WrestleMania is LA. Knight. Uh, you know what? Yeah, that would make sense. And uh, I'd, I'd like to see that, you know, mm-hmm. um, speaking of Logan Paul, him, and Kevin Owens, um, the match itself, I mean, that was another one that, I mean, I thought it was a good match. Uh, Logan Paul, I mean, everybody's now is saying he deserves, you know, accolades because he's put forth the effort. He takes it seriously. He's not just in there trying to say, look, I'm the celebrity bringing good attention. No, he actually likes the wrestling business and he doesn't want to just crap all over it. And yeah. so um, I'm still kind of on the fence about him holding the title, but at the same time, you know, it does kind of push him a little bit more, even though, I mean, I think the wrestler should push the title, not the title push the wrestler, you know, but for him, it does kind of work. The ending, when KO hit him, well, actually, oddly enough, I actually have a pair of these. Uh, when he hit him with the <laughs> <laughs> with the brass knuckles, I, I recently just found these again. Got them at a Renaissance fair back last fall. Um, <laughs> yeah, but when he hit him with the, the brass knuckles and I was like, oh, wow. I was like, wait a minute. Is he not going to take him off? His head? Ah, and the referee went, whoop, there they are. Boom, disqualified him. I'm like, that's actually not something that you see a lot. Normally, the referee would see the brass knuckles before they even started counting. And he stopped at Kevin Owens. like, no, no, no. But uh, so they were able to bring the brass knuckles back in, 
you know, into the story because that's how Logan Paul wanted to begin with, mm-hmm. you know, was with the brass knuckles. And, you know, of course he's saying, no, I got the power of the punch. He's going back to the William Regal, Steve Regal, what, whichever name I, I get him. Honestly, I, I can't remember which name he was using where <laughs> anymore, but it's uh it's William and WWE, Steve and uh, WCW. Ah, yeah, there, so there you go. And, um, the, the power of the punch, which actually him in real life, if he hits you, it probably would hurt quite a bit because yeah. he's a legitimately tough guy, but, yeah. um, but I liked the ending. I was like, okay, it's interesting. And I liked it, you know, and it kind of pushes it further. Kevin Owens though, might be on the shelf. I don't know if you saw that news. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. he had a fractured foot before yeah. the match and he did all that. You would have never known, you know, yeah. so Kevin Owens, I mean, he's, he's tough. I mean, he's like legitimately you know, um, a tough guy to be able to pull that off. I mean, he wasn't even limping or anything, and he's doing all that with a fractured foot. Good and Canadian so, boy, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good Canadian boy who learned how to how to speak English by watching wrestling videotapes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That is like one of the coolest stories I think I've ever heard. And um, big family man. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize about it because they just see the character, uh, but his. His wrestling last name is Owens after his son, who was named after Owen Hart. Yeah. You know, so have you seen his son lately? I have not. His son's a monster. Really? Like he dwarfs Kevin Owens right now. Okay. I'm going to have to go check that out once we're, yeah, once we're yeah. done. So. I don't know how tall Kevin Owens is, but he's got him by four to six inches. It's crazy. Oh, uh, well, my son yeah. right now, he's, he's 13. He's getting close to that. I'm I'm six one, and you know um, my, my wife's funny because my wife is just under five one, and so there's already a good height disparity between us. Um, my son, he's about five six, five seven already, mm-hmm. you know, and he's only thirteen, so he's still got some growing to do. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, now I do have to remind him: you want a shot at the title? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, but uh, but yes, yeah, so, I mean I need to go check out the picture of. Kevin Owens and his son. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, but yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah, the, the match itself, I love, I love them putting a title on Logan Paul. I was one of the ones that watching that match in Saudi Arabia, I'm like, screw it, put the title on him, put, <laughs> take it off Rome and put it on just, just for the, for the, the uh, press that that would get. Cause that was such a good match. Again, another yeah. one where people were expecting nothing. And that was a phenomenal match that, that they had. Um, yeah, I mean Logan Paul. I mean, I've been saying this. They, you got to give him props. That dude is is a crazy. I don't personally like the guy outside of WWE and all the stuff exactly. he did. Yeah, but as far as WWE, I love him in WWE because he he now I, the only t- the only misstep that he took in WWE was starting off as a babyface. Other than that, he should have been a heel right from the get go and be self aware of the fact that you're not going to be liked. And he, now he's leaning into it. He's fantastic as a heel. He's been the. It makes sense to put a championship on the guy. Um, it makes you hate you know, him even more. Exactly. Yeah. And it makes you want the person to win the title from him. That's the point of a champion, a heel champion, right? Uh, and I don't know where that got lost in the old days, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he. Um, you know, at some point, we're gonna have to get into the conversation, like. Is he one of the fastest to pick up on wrestling going? Like, I mean, right now, I think the the winner in that argument Ooh. is Kurt Angle. Yeah, I think Kurt because Kurt Angle got not only the athleticism, but he also got the mic skills and he understood how to entertain. Well, Logan Paul's got both of those. He's a ridiculous athlete. I didn't realize he was that good of an athlete. 
And then of course he's great on the mic. So, you know, I mean, I know he's not an Olympic wrestler, but he's a professional wrestler and he's doing a good job. But um, yeah. How, how tall is he? He looks like he's about six, two or something yeah, like that. He's, he's a, he's a tall lanky kind of guy, but he's still exactly. got a wrestler's build. Yeah. It, it's yeah. the lankiness that, which makes you think, okay, he's got to be tall because he's mm-hmm. so daggone skinny. Yeah. You know, but I mean, and he's mus- muscular. I mean, he's, you know, it's not, he, is, yeah. he, he doesn't have like Dwayne Johnson muscles, but, no, but he's he, shredded. He's shredded. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's yeah. probably got very single, single digit percentage body fat very easily. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. You know, so, um, but it, it's, he's, he's got, he gets it. And that's all you yeah, ask for. Yeah. Exactly. For that's to a, get it. That's perfect it. point. If they yeah. get it and then I'm all for it. Exactly. And Kurt, Kurt Angle got it. Got it. He's like, Kurt Angle, I remember when he first started, he's like, I can whip any of these guys. Then he then he's like, ding, oh no, I get it. I get why I'm doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Brock Lesnar got it eventually, right? You know, that whole thing. That's that's what you do. So yeah, I, I and the fact that Kevin Owens wrestled that match with a fractured foot, I mean, that goes back to the Undertaker wrestling Hell in a Cell with a fractured foot, right? Yep. You know, that kind of thing. But um Owens is tough, man. Like I, I wasn't a big Owens fan when he first started, but I've grown to respect him immensely. I, I like him, and I just like that um, that no nonsense character that he's got going on now and stuff like that. And the the ending was very well done as far as the brass knuckles. The only thing I didn't like is my God, they spent an inordinate amount of time with that guy holding the brass knuckles there, or the uh, he's one of his hanger ons or something what, like that. That Jeff took forever. Or Jason or Judy oh. or I don't know. That took forever. It's like I think Waller and Austin Theory were late for their spot or something like that. They pulled a Papa Shango from sense, WrestleMania, yeah. <laughs> WrestleMania eight, right? But uh, yeah. but they but it took forever. But then the spot was great, and Owens having the brass knuckles still in his hand. You don't see that very often anymore. So yeah, I thought they were going to go with the whole it falls out of his armpit when he holds up. Right? Hold <gasps> What's that? <laughs> so, but um, yeah, no, good stuff. Oh yeah, and then the men's rumble itself. You know, um, my first comment, and I actually post this, and I'm going to have to invite you to this one wrestling board that I'm part of, this one group. Um, as soon as they had, okay, Jay comes out, and then Jimmy comes out. You know, kind of re- reminiscent of the Hardy Boys back, whichever uh, Rumble that was. And I just put on there, worst twins ever. Which, of <laughs> course, people, if you know the reference, you know, it's from the movie Euro Trip. You know, they they had another reason why they were the worst twins ever, but I had to put worst twins ever. And, you know, and I'm pretty sure, you know, they were probably enjoying the moment, though, because, you know, the Hardy Boys, and they eventually had their match against each other at WrestleMania. You know, that's a good moment for them growing up. And, of course, with the Usos, you know, um, the Fatu family, uh, which they're part of, part of the Anawai'i family, they grew up in wrestling. So this was a good moment for them. And you know, so that's the way it started out. But then some of the other things, what I noticed, and I uh, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to, excuse me, the last episode when I was talking about some of the stuff by the numbers as far as any of the rumble. Yep. First, the first Australian men, which surprised me when I was looking at that doing the research. You know, they've had some Australian women. This is the first time they had Australian men, and and they had two of them this time. The first it's a shame, ju- Opec. Opec Jack never got in the Royal. Rumble. I know, right? <laughs> Him and his kangaroo, you know, boomerang clothesline that he did. You know, and honestly, when I when his song that time he kangaroo down, I went, you know, back then I was like, "There's got to be a way I can find this song." And I actually, um, I saw I back then I actually happened to find it's like some music for the song "Timey Kangaroo Down," 
And now, okay, now I'm about to go listen to that song after we're done. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, I'll bet Jack. Yeah, you know what? There's some nostalgia they need to bring back if he's still alive. So, <laughs> but yeah, the first, the first Australian in, they had two of them in there. The first German, which I was like, wait yeah. a minute, they never had a German. Yeah, sure enough, first German. And, um, and in this one, there was eight second generation uh, and Andrade third generation uh, wrestlers in this one. The women's one. Natalia, she was the only multi-generation wrestler network, but there was uh, eight in this one, which means a quarter of the the men in here were second, you know, at least second generation wrestlers. I mean, that's, um, I think that's kind of saying something, but. Well, and I got another fact for you. I don't know if you picked up on this and I did when I was watching the first, I'm just looking at the list now, the first seven wrestlers, and I noticed this when it was going on, none of them were American or, you know, they were all, um, so you got. Well, okay. Jay and Jimmy are American. They were born in San Francisco, but they're of Samoan lineage. You have Grayson Waller, who's from Australia. You had Andrade from Mexico. Carmelo Hayes. Oh, sorry. All right. Sorry. I I got this wrong. None of them were Caucasian American. Let's put it that way. All right. But but, um, I'm talking about you're seeing an ethnicity, like a cultural pot here. Like, so Jimmy and Jay, Grayson Waller from Australia, Andrade from Mexico, Carmelo Hayes, who's African American. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and then uh, Santos Escobar the first seven so that's how many that's the first 20 minutes of the rumble you didn't have like you know somebody that's that's uh, someone that looked like us well no it's not I just I I, I was impressed by that I'm like holy god like I'm thinking like you think about the main event pitcher years ago and and, it was such a big deal for the rock to be in the main event pitcher because he's the first like you know African-American champion or whatever right and it's like all of a sudden, like, this is amazing, like, that we're seeing, you know, this, this not just, uh, uh, you know, whether it's black, white, whatever, but all these different countries represent. Then you had Karrion mm-hmm. Cross come in, so he's he's from, from the States. And then it's Dominic, right, who's, um, you know, Hispanic. San Diego, but, he's, San I mean, but... second generation. Yeah. And he, he, I know he did some stuff in, it was a AAA or the, um, yeah. the other company down there, because, I mean, Dominic a bit. I mean, not a lot, obviously, but Dominic, who everybody loves to boo. By the way, yeah. I did I did hear those sounds because they pipe boos in for him, and he's yeah, loving it. Dominic. He's yeah. doing he's doing fantastic at playing that role. Yeah, um, but you, you keep going down that list. Carlito from he's uh, from Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico. Bobby Lashley, uh, African American. Ludwig Kaiser, who's German. German. Um, Austin Theory, uh, he's from you know uh, from Atlanta or whatever. Uh, Finn Balor, who's Irish. Irish. Uh, Cody, uh, and then Bronson Reed's from, is it New Australia. Zealand? Is no, he's, Australia? he's Australian, yeah. He's the okay. second Australian. Kofi Kingston from... Uh, from Ghana. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what happened to your accent? <laughs> exactly, that's where I was going with. But then you had Gunther from Austria. Um, Ivar is American, he's I believe. American. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's American. Bron, Bron Breaker. Omos from Nigeria. Nigeria, yep. Pat McAfee from the moon. Um yeah. <laughs> J.D. McDonough's Irish. Irish. Our Truth's American. The Miz is American. Damian Priest is Puerto Rican by, yep. by uh, I think he's Puerto Rican American, but still. Yeah, he, he was actually, he's a, well, a New Yorkican is, okay. you know, I guess the term, for, yeah, because he's, yeah. but he, I guess he lived in Puerto Rico for a little bit. He was born in New York, but he, you know, but I mean, he, he claims Puerto Rico because, well, that's his lineage. I'm like, all right, cool. You yeah. know, go and for then, it. Then he had CM Punk. Ricochet, so both American, Drew McIntyre from Scotland, and Sami Zayn from Montreal. So 
is this the most culturally diverse Royal Rumble, men's Royal Rumble that they you ever had? Like- I will have to look because uh, me being an Excel geek, uh, and I pulled it up on a couple episodes ago and I actually did a screen share and I was actually showing, um, you know, Justin, he actually was a co-host on that one. And I, I pointed out this thing, different, you know, stats that I was, and I was building this thing and I'm still building it. And like I said, I'm Excel geek. I'm always looking for a reason to work with it. Not only that, but it keeps my skills up while I'm job hunting. And I will have to have to go look and see. Um, I mean, it just might be. I mean, I, and I think that actually goes back to our early conversation where wrestling has become such a worldwide yeah. thing. So, yeah. I mean, to me, it's an accurate representation of what's really going on. And, it, 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 and it's it's a kudos to their scouting system, you know, worldwide, mm-hmm. too. And uh, and I don't think you would have had, again, this goes back to our conversation at the beginning of the show, like it or hate it what we have today in wrestling is because of what started with the WWF back in the eighties. Yep. Right. Not that, not that he started wrestling, but as far as making it this global phenomenon, you think about even back in the early nineties, you had the, like Brett was a massive star in Kuwait and you had like, you know, uh, them doing worldwide tours back in the early nineties and the new generation. This is what we get out of it. Like we have like, again, like the most culturally diverse rumble. Like I'm um, so like, four or five that you would call Caucasian Americans are, are are in the rumble and the rest are from somewhere else or, or they're African American or whatever. Right. You know, or Samoan American. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. It's like, and that's, everybody talks about representation and, and kids wanting to get into, uh, into sports and stuff like that. Well, they see this stuff and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can, I can be, you know, Jay Uso. I can be Bobby Lash. I can be Ludwig Kaiser or whatever. Right. You know, that's pretty cool. That's that's pretty cool, and it's just you know because that's one of the things WWE got accused of years ago is just whitewashing everything. It's yeah. like oh well, everybody's oh it wasn't yeah. just WWE. I mean, um, uh, Dwayne and I we've actually done episodes on this. In fact, uh, two years ago we had a panel um, discussion with three uh, black wrestlers. And in fact, it was supposed to be four. One of them couldn't make it, uh, so he actually came on the next weekend. You know, to, as a continuation of it. But and and these are younger. Guys, I mean, uh, and I say younger, I mean, they're, they're well, they're younger than me and Dwaylon. Um, But they actually knew the history. Dwaylon definitely knows the history of back in the day. And Kamala, you know, James Harris, you know, his real name um, before yeah. he passed away. You know, he was on Steve Austin's podcast. And he actually talked about like in the, you know, the 60s and obviously probably before that. Um, because that's when, you know, basically, I mean, if you weren't racist, you know, something was probably, they thought something was wrong with you, you know, which is really stupid you know because to me racism is stupid anyway and they they would only have one black wrestler in a territory they might yeah. have two depending oh we need a tag team you know but besides that because kamala said when he showed up in in charlotte to work you know for uh crockett somebody told him well wait a minute we already have so-and-so here you can't yeah. be here very long yeah and now i mean you look at it you know, and like you said, it is so diverse in there and the matches were really good. And that, and you know, we didn't even talk about that with the women's rumble because Natalia, is she considered Canadian or American? No, she's Canadian. Born is she Calgary. Canadian? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I, I wasn't sure about because I know yeah. uh, Jim Neidhart, I mean, kind of sp- they split, split time between two. So I wasn't sure where she was born, but um, let's see. Uh, I think there was another, there was another one who was from Canada. Was it Indy Hartwell? No, is she's she, Australian. Australian. Um, yeah. Tegan were, Knox is like Australia or New Zealand or something uh, like Tegan that. Knox, Tegan Knox is Welsh. I do remember that one. 
Uh, Chelsea Green's from Canada. She's from that, Vancouver. That's the one. That's right. That's By the what way, I was... uh, another standout performance in the women's rumble was kept Chelsea, oh, Chelsea Green. Green. <laughs> yes, I totally forgot about that. I mean, I feel yeah. bad for her. I'm like, I almost felt like Millhouse. I'm not sure she's already dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like you had Piper Niven from Scotland, Zaylee Lee from China, Selena yes. Vegas, Puerto Rican. Uh, is it Puerto Rican or? Um, uh, well, yeah. She's a, another like a New Yorker because I mean I know you. I'm pretty sure you know about uh, her dad. Yes, yeah, nine yeah. eleven, yeah. Yep. So Nia Jax uh, has got the Samoan lineage. Yep. Uh, I don't know what shot Shotzi. Um, Shotzi. I just read this earlier. Uh, real quick, Nia Jax. I didn't know this until today. She was born in Australia. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, there but, you go. But she grew yeah. up in Hawaii. But yeah, she yeah. was actually born in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. Shotzi yeah. is uh, from California. California, okay. Yep. Becky um, Becky Lynch is uh, Irish. Irish. Alba Fire is Scottish. Which, by the way, I love the name Alba Fire. That yeah. is def- That is like the most Scottish name ever, you know, because Alba means Scotland in the Scots Gaelic language, and then mm-hmm. Fire spelled with the Y. I lived in England for six and a half years, and so I saw that spelling Fire yeah. and Tire spelled with the Y, you know, quite yeah. a bit. So. Um, uh, Mishin, I, I hate calling her that. You know, it's Mia Yim, but uh, Mia Yim's, yeah. it, it's Korean roots, I think, for me and Yim, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, look. Um, well, I mean, she was born in, in Los Angeles, but um, her father, yeah, her, her father's African American, her mother's Korean. There you go. You um, know, so. Yeah, Roxanne Perez is American, but she's obviously got some Hispanic heritage. Um, who else is there? Oh, Shotzi, she's half uh, Filipino, half Polish. There you go. There you go. And the other one, it was uh, Caden Carter. She is half African-American, half Filipino, I believe is what I read. You got Kyrie. Jamaican and yeah, Jamaican (laughs) and Filipino. Sorry. There you go. Kyrie Sane from Japan. Oscar from Japan. Japan. Bianca Belair, African-American. Um, uh, and that Bailey, technically, she's um, uh, she's got Hispanic heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, her last name is Martinez. Her real Naomi, last name, Naomi. And there mm-hmm. you go. So I mean, again, like yeah, like so in both Rumbles, you have like a huge mixture of it's you know of different ethnicities, cultures, countries, all that different thing. So mm-hmm. that's that's crazy. Like it, this might be the most culturally diverse Rumble in history. I, I will. You know what? I will have to verify. Um, because actually the the thing I was working on, I the last time I had worked on it before a couple of weeks ago was 2019. They didn't have they didn't add the women until well, I think that year, but I'd already stopped um, messing with it, you know. So now I need to actually add the women in there as well, uh, yeah. just so I can get all those stats. Because I'm just kind of a Excel nerd. I'm kind of a stat nerd. Those kind of things. Um, like it was, um, is actually a Canadian guy. I cannot not think of his name. He was a um. He did a lot of documentaries about heavy metal for the life of me. I could not remember his name, but he was an anthropologist and he said, anthropology is the study of cultures. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's really cool. I like that. And so ever since then, I've been calling myself an armchair anthropologist, kind of like armchair yeah. booking. But yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, I just like that. And, you know, some people, you know, when I was in the military, I mean, because I'd always talk to people and just find out about them because I'm like, I know about me. You know, I can tell you everything about me. I want to know about you because, you know, I, I like knowing about people, especially, you know, when they're, if they're not from the same place, I am, especially if they're from a different country, I'm like, Oh, I want to learn all about that. So, so to me, that, that to me is interesting. 
and mm. you now so um but yeah the the men's rumble i liked it i did it to me it wasn't as good as the women's um and like i said you know the first australian the first german hat mcafee coming in i'm very like mm, because there are so many other deserving people it was a good humor it was a good comedy spot but um now it was know, a waste it was a waste. yeah i mean it really was and i would have liked to see chad gable in that spot boom you're reading my mind right now because yeah. they were because if you looked at the wikipedia page before the event started of course they had the people who would announce themselves as going um alpha academy had actually announced that they were going to be in the rumble mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it didn't occur to me after the rumble ended i was like wait a minute where was gable and otis and um tozawa yeah he's the, Tozawa, other, the yeah. third member mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like what happened there and didn't even have an explanation on raw as to why they weren't especially when they were actually advertised as being in it you know and and i get things like that have happened before because i actually watched a video a few hours ago it was like 10 big names who were never in a royal rumble yeah um, kamala one year uh, i think it was like the 94 rumble he was advertised as as being in it and then for whatever reason you know, he didn't compete in the Rumble, and Virgil actually took his place. Okay. You know, yeah. So, yeah, huge difference there. Huge difference. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the Punk and Cody, you know, the last 10 minutes, uh, to me, that was like, okay, they're having a match, just yeah. a regular match. Yeah. You know, so I was like, all right, you know, and I didn't realize it was Punk's first televised match since he came back to WWE. Yeah, he had yeah. the uh, host show with Dominic, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, so, and it gets hurt right away, I know. which is, I'm not, I don't want to laugh, but it's like, wow. And because when Dwaylon texted me a link and it said, since CM Punk returned to AEW, he wrestled, he's wrestled 16 matches, broken his foot, tore his triceps twice now, fought multiple executives and wrestlers, gotten fired from a company that did everything to try and not fire him. And, you know, now he goes there and he immediately, you know, of course, you know, this is part of the thing tearing his triceps. It's like, well, man, that kind of stinks, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge CM Punk fan anyway. And it's real, it's more the, the person that the Phil Brooks behind CM Punk, because he does have that. It's all about me, 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 Yeah, and, you know, but I mean, I admit, yeah, he's got some skills in the ring. The GTS, I think it's kind of a uh, finishing move. You know, I like a lot of other ones a lot better, uh, but what him and Cody did in there, you know, I think that I think that was designed to be kind of a preview of what they were going to be doing or probably are still going to be doing eventually down the road. And it's kind of a, hey, look, this is, you know, kind of like Hogan and Warrior back in the, the 1990 Rumble. Same thing. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. you know, and yeah. they're showing what they could do. And, you know, but our truth once again, is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and him reaching out to get the tag. And then everybody just went with it. Dominic went with it, you know, and I thought that was just, that was just great. And just put our truth in the hall of fame right now, by the way, and I know they already retired the 24 seven title. That's our truth's title. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that really is. So put him in there with holding the 24 the seven title because our truth is just fun to watch. And he, and like I said, he knows he's, they're not going to put him in the world title picture. But he's a former world champion anyway. Yeah. You know, so why not? So I mean he's there to 
have good matches and there to be goofy. He's a comedy spot now, but he's so good at it. Then he's originally from North Carolina, so I like him. Yeah, but then again, so was Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon and I were actually born in the same town, and I'm like, eh. but, Here, but the, and it, here's an ironic twist too. Vince McMahon and our truth are really good friends. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, they that's are. the other weird thing of all people, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I I mean, you never know. So, um, but yeah, the the Braun Breaker, like I said, he was rumored to have been a replacement for Brock Lesnar. You know, so if, if he was, he made the most of it. I'll tell you oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Ron Breaker, another second generation guy. You know, did so. you did you hear uh they measured his speed off the ropes? He's like twenty three miles per hour. It's like Ooh. <laughs> I mean, it's, um Imagine yeah. getting hit by somebody first of all, who's cut like he is, going twenty yeah. you know, I mean that that you'd be calling your insurance company going, Look, this guy just ran into my car, you yeah. know, and totaled it. Well, what kind of car was he in? No, he ran into my car and totaled it 23 miles an hour. He's uh, a Steiner, man. He's a Steiner. Oh, yeah. He's a stud. Yeah. But, um, By the way, side note on Braun Breaker. Yeah. I don't know if you, do you follow NXT at all? Some. Um, Some, okay. Not a lot. Have you been f- at least keeping up on him and. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, when he first Baron debuted. Corbin or- I've heard that they have like a great team. Baron Corbin. They have and, like- a fantastic team. Like they need to bring yeah. Corbin up with him. And that's how okay. they should do, they should um uh start Breaker off instead of this whole being a singles guy and, and then you get the whole Roman situation and oh they're just pushing him because he's a Steiner right but have him break in like I know he's broken in now but they should bring Corbin up too because they can have them go after the Judgment Day the tag titles whatever they've been fantastic as a tag team like just the interactions and stuff like that right. and plus Corbin's got a new lease on life he looks like a beast again which I, oh. I like that too. I was big on Corbin when he first uh, was in the main roster. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I was like, good look because he had the long, you know, you could tell it was turning into a skullet and I'm all for yeah. skullets because well, <laughs> that's, that's what I have. And I was like, okay, you got a good move set. You know, he looks good. He's the lone wolf. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, he kind of stepped on himself because he was doing stuff on social media, you know, that he should have just backed off. So it, I guess he had some maturing to do. But mm-hmm. he's a he's a legit athlete. He actually played at least semi pro football. He was play, he played college. He played football. for the Cardinals. He played for Arizona exactly. Cardinals. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. so he's he is legit. They just put him yeah. with some bad, you know, things. And but now I'm glad, like you said, he's got a new lease on life, and I'm glad to see it because I mean I think he he's definitely earned it. He's worked at it. But but we have seen some aftermath already because um, the very next night on Raw, and of course we're thinking, okay, Cody's already said he's going to challenge Roman. Well, Seth Rollins, he limps out and says, no, you need to challenge me. So basically the world champion made a challenge to a challenger. He said, it needs to be me because, you know, when he laid it out, okay, Bailey comes out, but before, you know, she can really say anything, Rhea Ripley's coming down, Nia Jax attacks Rhea Ripley from behind. And then she gets in there and tells Bailey, you're not going to face her, you know, at all. And now Bailey, oh, okay, I'll tell it next week. And, you know, so that's kind of throwing that. It's like, okay, well, is she, is it going to be Rhea or is it going to be her friend and damage? Of course, this may be a way of pushing that it's going to be, you know, um, her stable mate in damage yeah. control. Yeah. And, you know, which I'm, I mean, I think that's going to be a, a good match anyway, because you know, mm-hmm. I think both, the, both those women can go. Uh, then you got the ad, added, anytime you have like the added drama, that's not the focus of the match, but the added bit of that, 
I think that's going to be a great match. Um, but the money match for the other title is right now to me, and, and Dwayne even said this, it's, it's Becky and Rhea right now. However, Rhea and Nia would be an interesting match, you know, because Nia Jax, I mean, she's always been pushed as just larger than life because I mean, she, I mean, she's a little bit bigger. Um, mm-hmm. She's not as big as what she appears because apparently she actually pads her suit, you know, her, like, I mean, that's why, you know, she doesn't wear these little skippy things because apparently she actually puts padding in there to make her look even bigger. Really? You know, so, yeah, I, I'd read that a long time ago. I mean, I don't know how true it is. Um, but, but I'm going to say this about Naya. Like, um, I, her initial run, I was never a big fan of Naya. I, I thought she was lazy and I thought she was kind of coasting on the whole rock relationship there. Right. But I will say this since she has come back, I have to give full props to Naya Jack. She, one, has been fantastic. And I, I guess that's the booking again. They're doing a great job of booking her as this yep. monster heel. And she has put the work in to lose weight. And uh, I know it's not mm-hmm. all about weight. It's not all about that, but um, she was getting to a point where I was like, eh, I'm worried about her health, you know, like that kind of right. thing. Right. And it's going to be hard on her knees. It's going to be hard on her back. It's all this. Now she's, she's, you can tell she's putting the work in, she's losing weight. And now she looks like a legit beast in there. Right. You know, and it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a tough thing. Either when you put weight on, you either got to go full bore and just become like King Kong Bundy or you, or you get in shape, you know, like it's kind of like when Gunther had that weight on, he wasn't like so big that he's a spectacle. But now when you see him, when he's all cut up now, he's like, Oh man, this guy's a beast. Right. So um, kudos to her. She's been great. And um, I think, I I don't know. Here's my thoughts. I, I think they go, with her against Nia, her against Jade at WrestleMania, so you can have another moment of the body slam, you know that okay. type of thing. Oh, that would be kind of cool. Or maybe it's like a tag match or something, something like that. But um, uh, I'm still not sold on. Is it going to be Becky and um, and Rhea? Like I, I think it's going to hmm. be Bailey and Io. But is that like? I feel like Becky's not feeling like the man anymore you know what i mean they're like right. her, her main event status has kind of gone down ria's proven that she is the man around there oh, right ria yeah and we still have to get ria versus bianca and um, that... that's the match i would like to see at wrestlemania is ria bianca i know maybe they don't want to pull the trigger yet but it, if you're losing punk and you're losing you know seth and all this stuff maybe it's time to pull the the trigger on a few big name matches and i would like to see be I'd like to see Bianca, Rhea, and maybe this is your way to turn Rhea face because at the end they, they have a respect spot or something like that. I think they're turning her face anyway. Yeah. And the, re- the reason I say that is because she just did her first Make-A-Wish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You usually don't have heels doing ama- – now, I mean, granted, if a kid wants you know to meet somebody, you know, they're not going to turn them down and say, well, no, they're, they're a heel. You can't do that. You know, But she just did her first Make-A-Wish. Yeah. You know, um, and that's a, that's a huge deal. You know, mm-hmm. so I have a feeling they might be turning her face anyway because the, it's a, one of the cases where she's too good to boo. You know, I think fa- you get I think yeah. you get Nia and Rhea at Elimination Chamber, and then that sets up WrestleMania that, for whoever yep. else. You know, because obviously Nia's helping turn her face as well, right? Mm-hmm. With with these yeah. attacks, but I would love to see Rhea and Bianca at Mania. I think that would. That that's a Haas match that you want to see with the women, right? Um, they're not going to pull the trigger on Bianca Jade yet. They're going to give Jade lots of time to get, you know, kind of prepared let, let, for let that. Let it simmer a little bit before it boils. 
Yeah, you know, I actually so, saw I saw a picture online. Somebody put uh, them together as a tag team with the tag belts. I'm like, oh my god, that would be pretty amazing. I did. I, I don't Jay. remember who posted it, but I did see that one. Yeah, and I was like, could you imagine them throwing the Kabuki Warriors around? <laughs> you know what? Y'all might as well just retire them belts now because nobody yeah. else is going to win them. Hey, you it's know, a storyline written in, and then all of a sudden they have a falling yep. out like tag team partners do, and boom, there's your WrestleMania, yep. right? But yep, and that's yep. when you have a reason for the match. Yeah, and um, and one thing about Gunther also, because uh, it's funny you mentioned him like losing weight because you were actually talking about that on the interview with the guys who wrote the book on Andre. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. same thing. I was like, yeah, Gunther has he has kind of done that happening, you know. Um, and he looks leaner now. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, right now I know he's not sleeping much because you know he also has a newborn at home. Yeah, you know, and we have kids. We know kids born, you're not sleeping for like the next year and a half at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I'm wondering about Gunther because I think as much as what I like seeing Gunther wrestle, and I know they have the, the, the history with him, the rumble already, because last year, you know, he started number one, went all the way to the very end, didn't win it, but now he has the record for longevity in a single rumble. I don't include the greatest Royal rumble because yeah, when you add, that many more people, of course, you you had that, that potential, but he he now has the longevity record, and so they threw him back. They threw him back in and say, "Well, you know, he might, you know." And he was he would have been a legitimate person if he would have won the rumble. I'd have been okay, you know. Now it's going to be title versus title, um, in which I have a feeling with Gunther, his future, it might come to that anyway. I was so glad to see him finally take over the honky tonk man that record. Because the honky tonk man to me shouldn't have held held it for that long anyway, but that's just me. Give it to him for a couple months at best, not as long as what he did. Uh, but now Gunther, I mean, like I said, I mean he's very very legit. But I'm just wondering what are they going to do with him now? Because because um, I could easily see him winning a world title and then relinquishing the intercontinental title, you know, like the way the Warrior did, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so I got two schools of thoughts on the, on uh, thought on that. Originally, I figured, okay, here we go. It's going to be Cody and Reigns and Punk's win the Rumble, and he's going to take Seth on. And they were building that. It seemed pretty obvious, right? And then you have Gunther's got to defend the title. I know everybody was saying Brock Gunther. That's what they were talking about. I didn't really want to see that. I, I didn't either. You know what? Yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen Chad Gable actually finish the story for his thing with the Intercontinental. Is that still out there that he promised that he's going to win that title? I would have loved to see Gable beat Gunther for the IC title. Not to defeat Gunther, just it's a great story, right? Now that that we have Punk injured, um, that puts a whole new wrinkle. And I'm sorry, folks, <laughs> Cody's not going to go against Seth. You don't have a champion begging, you know, uh, right. that my title's S- more Seth important. Seth might not even wrestle anyway because yeah, he has I, his own injury. I think he will. I think he will. But I think what you do there, I, I think you're right. I think you put uh, it. On Gunther. I think you, you go Seth Gunther, put him over. He vacates the title. You can go, you can run with this, uh, still undefeated champion. Never been because mm-hmm. he, he, did he not fake? No, he lost the, the NXT title to, um, to, um, Ilya. I've, yeah. So, but he's undefeated, vacates the IC title, have a tournament. There you go. And maybe Gable wins it in that, right? Um, crown him. Because you're going to have a babyface champion on the other side if Cody wins, so you need a heel champion. And man, what a what a better heel champion than uh, than Gunther uh, as your champion. 
uh, let Seth go away for a while to recover. Then you have Drew feud with him because you have a built-in story with Drew. And then then you got another guy who's got to finish the story at next WrestleMania is Punk. And you have Punk win the Royal Rumble and go against Cody at the next WrestleMania. They also need Damian Priest to cash in at some point because time's running out. Mm, yep. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, there's so many so many different stories they could do right now. This may actually, it, it it's probably a good problem where you have so many people you could put in there, you know, who all deserve it because Damian Priest, I mean, he got the briefcase. They gave him the briefcase for a reason, but Damian, Damian Priest, I mean, he's for real. I mean, I, I love watching Damian Priest, yeah. you know, and you know, so, um, so that's everything about the Rumble. And, you know, what we think, you know, is going to happen or what should happen here soon. Uh, but I do have to finish because I promised you a story. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep. So this past uh, 26th of January, it was Michael H- Hegstrand, also known as Road Warrior Hawk. It was his birthday. You know, he would have been in his 60s, I believe, right? Yeah, I believe yeah. so, yeah. And, you know, so... But I told you, I was, I was like, yeah, I got a story for you when you're on the show here in a couple of days. So 1996, I was in the Air Force. I was stationed in Misawa Air Base, Japan, which is in northern uh, Japan. It's the northern part of Honshu, not not the not Sapporo, but um, or Hokkaido. Sorry, the, the big the island at the top, but the big island, the one that's kind of shaped like a banana. Misawa Air Base is up there. And I was flying back to North Carolina on leave. I was going to go visit my dad for a month. I'm in the Narita International Airport and I'm sitting in the smoke area because at the time I smoked and they had a a section where you could smoke and there was another American guy. He had sat there. He was also in the military and we just sat there, you know, just talking and I mentioned to him, I said, it'd be kind of interesting, you know, kind of fun. I said, there's a lot of American wrestlers over, you know, who wrestle in Japan and took it'd be kind of a cool if, you know, all of a sudden somebody walked by wasn't even like two minutes later, here walks Animal, Hawk, and Dan Severn. <laughs> and I was like, oh my. I mean, and of course, you know, um, my sons actually asked me, how did you recognize them? Were they wearing their face paint? I'm like, no, I've <laughs> seen so many. I had seen so many pictures of them in magazines without the face paint. And they always covered their heads with something. Usually bandana, yeah. do-rag, or a hat. Same but thing they- here. As they say in the business, they pass the airport test. They still stand out no matter what. Right? Yes. Yeah. These these two were mad. Dan Severn's not a small guy either, but next to them, you know, I mean, they were just massive. I mean, and you got to think, I mean, how they were just nothing but muscle. Mm-hmm. So I tell the guys, like, you know, I want to go talk to them. Maybe I can get an autograph or something. And I see them where they're sitting. They're actually at the gate. They're on the same flight I am, you know, uh, because it was going Tokyo to Seattle. Seattle to Minneapolis, and then Minneapolis for me, Minneapolis to Raleigh. And as I'm walking up, and this is like right by the gate. This is not in a smoke area. This is right by the gate where you get on the plane. And Dan Severn wasn't flying, by the way. This is pre-9-11 when you could still accompany people. And Hawk pulls out a cigarette, and he lights it up just right there, (laughs) which shocked me, first of all, because I'd always read that they were you know, all about no drugs, whatever. You find out later on, that was a huge lie when it came to Hawk. <laughs> and, but he lights up a cigarette. And I was like, and the first words out of my well, mouth weren't, oh my God, you know, you're the road warriors. Me being, sound like a total mark because all, all of 22 years old at the time. And first came in my mouth were, dude, you can't smoke here. <laughs> 
And he didn't even look at me. He just, you know, sat down. He's like, are you airport security? I was like, no. I like, well, I'll wait for them to tell me. And that was it. And I'm like, okay. And I just kind of walked away. And Dan Severn, he kind of looked at me. He kind of chuckled some. And actually, when I met Dan Severn and got his autograph on that belt back there, I actually, I wanted to tell him that story, see if he, you know, he might remember it. But there was a couple of people behind me. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to waste his time. But um, the other guy, you know, the the guy, he was also in the military. And, you know, he just starts, he starts laughing at me. And he's like, <laughs> all right, you know, just shaking his head. And what is wrong? You know, what, you, you know, I'm like, this is the first thing that came out of my mouth. And then, then I got to thinking, I was like, wait a minute. They're from Minnesota. They have gyms, you know, around Minneapolis area, you know, which they did. They actually own some gyms there. I was like, I wonder, you know, um, if they're going to be flying on that. And, you know, sure enough, yeah, because when they um, they flew first class because, of course, they did because they got they had that kind of first class. By the way, Animal was wearing a, a WCW hat. This was not long after they had just gone back into WCW. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. You know, so like they get on and I get on. And by the way, side note, one of the best flight international flights I ever had, because even though they put me right dead smack in the middle, as soon as the plane take off, I realized there was nobody else in the, in the, the big middle seats with me. So I puffed up all the armrests and I laid down. I just kind of threw the seatbelt over me. Best, one of the best flights I've ever had, <laughs> but I'm sort of thinking, all right, I wonder if they're flying a minute. And as soon as they get to the next gate and the, you know, with the layover, I'm like, yep, there they are. <laughs> so, and so I actually, I, I stayed behind them like the entire time we were at the, in the Seattle airport. Um, because I'm like, yeah, I don't want him seeing me. Not that he'd necessarily remember this idiot, you know, who 14 hours ago told him, you know, he couldn't smoke. And, you know, then I found out, of course, years later, Hawk has, you know, he could have a hair trigger temper and he was like looking for fights. So yeah, he would have beat Steve up pretty bad. In the, in the, <laughs> and, you know, of course I told other people that story and my dad, you know, when he dropped me off at the airport, when I was flying back to Japan, he told me, now, look, if you see anybody, any wrestler smoking a cigarette, just let them smoke dummy. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's the Hawk story, you know? Um, and of course he found out later on that he, he literally turned his life around Mm. You know, um, he became born again Christian and he took it seriously, you know, so he, uh, I don't know if you saw the dark side of the ring on them, but yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, there was a lot of stuff I had n- never even read about the whole thing in Australia. Yeah. He almost died. Yeah. That, that whole thing. But, but yeah, that's the Hawk story, you know, about, you know, I almost got beat up by Hawk. Eh, hey, you got a story, right? I, I know. Right. I mean, not everybody can say that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it could have been worse. You could have been, have your autograph. He's like, no, well, there's no. not much of a story there. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, and I have been choked out by Ming, but that was for a picture. You know, I don't know if you saw that picture or not. You know, I don't on, know if I've seen that one. <laughs> uh, I have to, you know, um, I'll have to send it to you, but I have, I actually changed my profile to that. Uh, it was at the last wrestling fan fest I went to it was Ming and the barbarian both, you know, but Ming, we was taking pictures. He would like have people in a chokehold. Oh, yeah and i actually asked him i was like how many people you choked out today he's like uh, i think he told me he's like oh around 50 so far I'm like oh, okay you know <laughs> so oh but there you go so uh but as a wrap to say yeah thank you so much bc for coming on if everybody if you've not gone to youtube checked out check out wrestling with the 80s um it is a great great channel i love watching it and i love listening to the audio podcast as well that's actually how um because uh, I think I found out about your podcast through Ted, 
mm-hmm. and, which is no longer the Hill Truth. Now it's Ted takes on Ted's takes on wrestling. Yeah, but he's mm-hmm. still Ted. He's still the Podfather. He's still <laughs> going to be dropping knowledge in everybody. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you're a Buffalo Bills fan, of course. Another one of our favorites. Finish your wrestling. They're from Buffalo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they stand in solidarity with you when it comes to the Bills. Yeah. You know, so another great podcast mentioned. Um, uh, Jaded Wrestling. That's another, mm-hmm. I have listened to it before. I um, I just I need to add it to my rotation. You know, but listen to it some more. Uh, because I have heard their show done. I mean, it is really good, you know, mm-hmm. and there's like, it was, and definitely give a shout out to uh, Dwaylon, you know, cause like I said, he's on a hiatus right now, you know, hopefully, you know, he can come back soon, you know, but at the same time, we always say family comes first, mm-hmm. you know, so, and that, and we always stand by that, you know, so uh, do you have any last words for us, BC? No, I just want to say, and sorry if I took up too much of your time there, but oh, no. you know, I, like You're I say, fine. I can talk forever about wrestling but uh yeah thank you very much once again for having me on this is a blast i always enjoy getting to talk wrestling with you it's uh we come from similar uh mindsets from it so it's always fun to do that uh yeah to to the listeners out there if you get a chance pop on over to youtube and uh go subscribe to wrestling with the 80s or just check out the videos and see if you like them uh if you're an old school fan it's right up your alley um and yeah and best of luck to to dwelling with everything going on and you ever need a, a tag team partner to tag back in for another match? Let me know. I'm I'm around and more than willing to help out. Well, heck yeah. And if you ever need somebody to talk about some good old 80s wrestling, you know where to go. Exactly. So, yeah. But I'll go ahead and say goodbye for now. So thank you, BC. But just say good night and God bless. 